0: Well, let us now rise for the reading of God's Word. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. We are in the book of John. The book of John, we're going through the book of John chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And we are in chapter 5, it's a long chapter, we are in verse 30, we'll be reading to the end of the chapter, this is Jesus talking, he says in John chapter 5 verse 30, I can of myself do nothing... As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous. That means his judgment is good. His judgment is right. Because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another who bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. You have sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Yet I do not receive testimony from man, but I say these things that you may be saved. He, John the Baptist, was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than John's. For the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do, bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. And the Father himself, who sent me, has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form, but you do not have his word abiding in you, because whom he sent Him you do not believe. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive honor from men, but I know you, that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him, you will receive. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? Do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word. I thank you for it, Lord. It just opens up and it just, Lord, it just refines my heart, and that's what we want, Lord. A refining in our heart to do that burning, cleansing work, that joy filled work that only you can do, Lord. The world is chasing after so many voices hundreds, thousands of solutions of how a heart might be made right, and yet here it is right in front of us, the only solution, the only words, as Jesus said of you, our Father, the only God. And we pray that you would do a work by and through this word this morning, O Lord, please, that I would not be a hindrance. Speak to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you may be seated. So, John chapter 5, Jesus, earlier in the chapter, has just performed a spectacular miracle. There had been a man who was lame, unable to walk for 38 years, who for years and years and years and years had waited by a pool of water in Jerusalem, believing that the waters of the pool would heal him. He was approached on the Sabbath by Jesus. And Jesus asked him, in John chapter 5, verse 6, Do you want to be made well? And the man said, I can't be made well. Because whenever I try to get to the water to be made well, someone else gets to the water first. After which Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. Verse 9 says that immediately... The man was made well, and he took up his bed, and he walked, and it says, and that day was the Sabbath. What happens next? Well, the people respond to this spectacular miracle. They respond to it. No one disputes it. No one tries to say it didn't happen. Apparently, almost everyone in the area knows this man. After all, he'd been lame for 38 years, lying next to the pool, totally helpless, completely relying on the mercy of others to bring him to the pool, to feed him, to help him go home. People knew this guy. And now he's walking around totally whole. Praise God. But not everyone was verse 16 of this chapter says that certain Jews persecuted Jew- Jesus. Remember at this time all these people are Jews. <laughs> Jesus, the man, everybody. But verse 16 says "says certain of them persecuted him and even wanted to kill him. Why? Because he had healed the man on the Sabbath. Now Somehow, some way, over the years, we talked about this last week, the fourth commandment, which says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day, the Sabbath, you shall do no work. Somehow, over the years, the religious leaders had become so strict, so religious, so hard and fast with that commandment that they interpreted it to mean that a doctor could not heal on the Sabbath. That was work. That violated the fourth commandment. This law, remember, the Sabbath day, keep it holy, had been given to them as a gift to rest with God, to enjoy God, to seek the Lord, to receive from the Lord. Exodus sixteen twenty nine. we quoted this last week. The Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. It, but it had become this huge religious burden that was being put on the people, a religious burden. So rather than rejoicing that God had performed this spectacular miracle uh, in their midst and, and believing Jesus, rather than saying, he's, he's the Lamb of God, he's the Son of God, he's our Savior, he's our Deliverer, he's our Messiah. No. They turned against him. How does something like that happen? How is it that a man or a woman, how is it that you, how is it that me, how is it that we would ever choose not to believe in Jesus in the face of just enormous, abundant in your face, obvious evidence that he's there and he's working and he has a plan and he's drawing you in. So these guys knew the Bible real well. The guys that are seeking to kill him, they knew the Bible. They knew when Messiah came that he would demonstrate It in exactly the same way they saw Jesus demonstrating it before their eyes. They knew Isaiah. They knew Isaiah chapter 5. Verse 5. Which says this, that when the Messiah comes, you'll know him in this way. Then, then what? Someone shout it out. Then what? What does that mean? Then? Anybody? Right, when the Messiah comes. The eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. The lame shall leap like a deer. And the tongue of the dumb sing. The tongue of those who can't talk will sing. They knew this verse. They knew it well. They had it by memory. How then can it be that when they see the fulfillment of this before their very eyes. Here's a lame man leaping. How is it that they can choose not to believe it? So this is what John chapter 5, verses 31 through 47 is all about. It's actually the heart of the answer is in verses 40 through 44. But the, 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 the verses that we read this morning, this is what they're about. How is it that a man or woman in the face of the obvious... Can still choose Remember that's what believing always is It's a choice You choose to believe That's what not believing is You choose not to believe How can you choose not to believe In Jesus When God is working so clearly here On Sunday morning May 7th 2017 Calvary Chapel in the city Boston Massachusetts I believe that the Lord is drawing us in to do business with him. Hard business with him. Painful business with him. I believe he's asking you, I believe he's asking me the same question. Why is it in the face of me so clearly working in your life, You're choosing not to do what I'm doing. Why are you not doing what I'm telling you to do? He's calling us to do business this morning. And man, I include myself among those who need to do business with God. Romans 8.28 says this. Oops, there we go. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. This is a verse that we should all commit to memory. Many of us in this room are taking discipleship classes which have scripture memory. This is one of the first ones that we memorize. All things work together for good to those who love God. well, I don't get that, Lord. How can this thing that I'm in now, how can this barrage of trials that I'm in right now, how can this wave upon wave of disappointment turn out for good? And we choose not to believe this verse. We memorize it, but we don't believe it. Philippians chapter 1, another verse. Every one of us should memorize this verse. He, who's he? Jesus. Has begun a good work in you, will complete it. Psalm 138.8, by the way. If you're taking notes, write that down. It says the same thing. He will complete that which concerns me. He who has begun a good work In a good good work, this that's going on now in my life is a good work, you must be kidding. And we don't follow in the way that the the Lord has laid out for us because we don't believe this verse either. Why is it that a man or woman chooses not to believe in the face of of God's working in their life. Because I know you well enough to know. (laughs) I don't know all of you. Some of you I haven't met. But this I do know about every one of you. God has worked in your life. And if you take the time, you will be able to see marker after marker after marker where God has made himself clear. And so the question for for you and me, because certainly the same thing is the case for me. I've seen those markers. Why would I ever, why would you ever choose not to believe in just continuing and following the way of Jesus, doing what he's doing? After all, he lives inside of me. He's not only walking with me, he's in me. He speaks to me. Why would I ever choose not to do that? And that's what these verses are about. So the heart of the answer is in verses 40 through 44. We started in, 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 I want to just pick up actually in verse, we'll pick up in verse 30. That's where we began this morning. Jesus needs to get through, get some things out of the way before he gets to the heart of his answer. So he says in verse 30, I can of myself do nothing as I hear I judge and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will but the will of the Father who sent me. And then he says in verse 31, he says, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another who bears witness of me and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. You have sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Yet I do not receive testimony from man, but I I say these things that you may be saved. He, John the Baptist, speaking of John the Baptist here, he was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. So what he's saying here in these verses, verses 31 through 35, he's saying, you should, you should believe in me. You should be choosing to believe in me. You're not. But you should be choosing to believe in me because there are witnesses that I am who I'm saying I am. And where is he going with this? He, remember, he's speaking to the folks who know the Old Testament real well. He's taking them to an Old Testament law that these men know full well. They've dedicated their lives to these verses. Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15 says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established. And he's starting out, you know, he knows they're thinking, give me, the, they're thinking in their minds, one of the things that they turn to is, well, we need a witness. Will you have a witness, Jesus says, that witness is John the Baptist. We read about in John chapter one, what John the Baptist said about Jesus. Now, interestingly a night, uh, enough, here it, it does say in verse thirty-five that for a while they rejoiced in this witness; they believed in the witness of John the Baptist. But and what did John the Baptist? What was his witness of Jesus? Well, we read about that when we were in chapter one, number one, chapter one, verse twenty-six. He said, John said, John the Baptist said, "I baptize you with water." But there stands among you one who you do not know, whose sandals strap, their his shoelaces, shoelaces, I am not worthy to loose, to tie. What else did John the Baptist say of Jesus? How else was he a witness? Verse 29, chapter 1, says, The Lamb of God, he pointed to Jesus. before a great multitude of people. The Bible says that all Jerusalem and all Judea had gone to see John the Baptist. And he said those wonderful words in verse 29 of chapter 1, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What else did he say? Verse 33, he says, upon whom you see the spirit descending, he's speaking of Jesus here, and remaining, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So he, he's saying about this lamb of God, about this man whose sandal strap he's not, will, he, he's not worthy enough to even untie, he's also saying this, this is a man who gives the Holy Spirit. I baptize you with water. This man baptizes you. He immerses you in the Holy Spirit. So there had been this witness, and that witness, the first of those witnesses Jesus said, was John. Now, back in John uh, chapter 5, first thing he says again, you want a witness? You've seen and heard a witness, John the Baptist. Then he says in verse 36. Of John chapter 5 he says but I have a greater witness than John's for the works which the father has given me to finish the very works that I do bear witness of me that the father has sent me in other words uh, he w- w- what he is doing the works that he is doing and we've already seen from Isaiah chapter 35 he's he's the lame walk, the blind see, they're seeing this. The works that you see, they bear witness that I am who I am. And then he continues in verse 37 with a third witness. Verse 37 says, And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. But you do not have his word abiding in you because whom he sent Him you do not believe, verse 39, important verse in the book of John. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. You search the Bible, you read your Bible, and you think in the Bible you have eternal life by memorizing it all, by knowing it all, by reciting it to each other by memory chapter after chapter, which many Jews could do. Chapters and chapters of the Bible by memory. But it says in verse thirty-nine, and these are the ones that testify of me. In other words, you're looking in the scripture in your Bible, you're all the stuff you're reciting and memorizing, they're all talking about me. They are my witness. That's the third witness he says here. Now I, I could I could have twenty five hundred. <laughs> A thousand Bible studies, so could any many of you who know God's word of how much there is in the Old Testament that speak about Jesus. Here's just one from Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, predicting hundreds of years before the case where Jesus would be born. But you, Bethlehem, Epaphra, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel. Now, will this person be a man? No, he won't, because Micah 2 says, 5.2 says, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. They knew the scriptures, and he's saying, "You you, you, you memorize this stuff, they're speaking about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. They knew about the Lamb of God. Jesus was the Lamb um, uh, of God. They knew from the Old Testament scriptures that they needed a Lamb of God. On Sunday night, we're going through Leviticus right now, and over and over and over again, you see these lambs being sacrificed as a as a as a covering, as an atonement for sin. All of that was pointing to a time in the future where a Lamb of God would come. They had the scriptures. The scriptures were a witness to Jesus. But just having witnesses wasn't enough for them because they had them. They still did not believe. Why? If you are choosing not to believe in Jesus, why? Why? Well start off with this, it's not because you don't have witnesses It's not because you haven't seen God's markers in your life It's not because you don't have a Bible that will tell you about Jesus And it's not even because you don't have different people in your life who have told you about Jesus Because my guess is that someone told you about Jesus And that's the way you got here You have those three witnesses too so why aren't you following him? Why aren't you obeying him? When you see that verse, all things work together for good, for those who love God, who are called according to, uh, to his purpose, you, you see that, but you don't believe it. You've memorized it. But you're not following Jesus who said his way is the good way in Romans 8, 28. That's what verses 40 through 44 are all about. So let's get to it. Even in in the face of all the witness, all the evidence, why is it that a man, that a woman, that you, me, don't believe? Verse 40 Jesus says this. So again, he said, you've seen all the witnesses. You have the witnesses. I fulfilled Deuteronomy. I have the three witnesses. What's really going on is this, verse 40. But you're not willing to come to me that you may have life. Now, if you do a study of that word willing... what it's really trying to communicate is not the word willing, it's the word want. In fact, there are translations which have that very translation. You don't want to come to me. Do we have that one, Dan? John chapter 5, verse 40. But you don't want to come to me so that you may have life. It's the New Living Version. You don't want to come to me. You have the witnesses. You just don't want to. You have the proof. It's not that I haven't been made myself clear to you. You don't want to come to me. Why don't they? Why don't they want to come to him? That's what the next four verses are about. Verse 42. Verse 41, rather. It says, "I I do not receive honor from men, but I know you. It's either a scary thought or a very comforting thought, by the way. God knows you. He knows me. It should be a comforting thought. He's speaking to you this morning, speaking to me. I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. And that applies. That is a fact for every man and woman in this room. There's at least a piece of that. So please don't read this and say, oh, those Pharisees, those Sadducees, those scribes, those terrible people, and just leave this service thinking, feeling better about yourself. No, this is the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart right here. I know you that you don't have the love of God in you. I have come In my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another one comes in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? Hmm. So he really gives them one reason. That they are choosing not to believe in him. And I say that, those words, I choose those words carefully. They're choosing not to believe in him. It's not just that they don't believe him. They're choosing not to. They could. The Bible makes that very clear. They could believe in him. Romans chapter 1. God's made it really, really, really clear to man that he exists. He's calling man in to believe him. But they're saying they choose not to believe him. And he really gives just one reason here. Although he expands on it and he kind of explains it. In verse 42, that's the reason. They don't have the love of God in them. They don't have a love of God in them. So again, time for you, time for me to do business with God. Again, Romans chapter 8, 28 says, all things work together for good to those who love God. And we look at that and, 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 and we're thinking, there's no way that's what's going on for me can work together for good. So that's why I'm choosing this other way. That's why I'm fudging on Scripture. That's why I'm fudging on the Word of God. That's why I'm going a, a little to the left rather than straight with Jesus. Because I'm just not believing. I'm choosing not to believe Jesus' words. Remember what John chapter 1, verse 1 says, Jesus is the Word. This is Jesus speaking All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. So why, why we're doing business here? Why am I not believing that? Because there's a piece of my heart, there's the love of God. It's not there. And the next one, Philippians chapter one, verse six: He was begun a good work. You must be kidding me, God. It's not a good work. What's going on with me? And so that is why, Lord, is that why I'm, I'm choosing not to believe to follow your word. So let's just put the question and answer up right here. Why does man choose to not believe Jesus? Answer, he does not have the love of God in him. Now, try to stay with me here. I want to back up to verse 19 of chapter, John chapter 5. This is Jesus speaking about himself. He says, More, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. So, so, so what we do... Is, is we, we know the promise, we know the word, all things work together for good, or uh, he who starts a good work in you, we know that, and we open the Bible, and we have access to the Father in at least this way, identical way that Jesus had. We have the Bible, of course Jesus was God, he had a lot more, but he had the scripture, It says right here, whatever he does, the son also does. And we see what he's doing and we choose not to do it. So the formula is right here. What we have to do is is right here. What do we have to do to choose to believe? Or rather, a better way of saying it, why are we choosing not to believe? Because whatever he does, we're choosing not to do. Up higher in the verse, it says the son can do nothing of himself. We do of ourselves. Why? Because we don't like it. And because the love of God is not in us. In the Sermon on the Mount, very, very simple verse. I want to look at this. I want to think about this. I want to choose to believe always. (laughs) I want to maximize my choosing to believe. I want to minimize my choosing not to believe. What we're learning from John chapter 5 this morning is we got to take a look at what is it that we really love? Because if we focus on something other than the love of God... That's going to be sapping away from the love of God. Is everyone following me? Jesus says you're choosing not to believe. Verse 42, because the love of God's not in you. So, okay, God, tell me, tell me, show me. What What is it that I'm loving instead of you? Matthew 6, 21, Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is. Where's my treasure? Where's my love? Where's my love really at? Because Jesus says in Matthew 6, 21, that's where my heart is going to be also. And wherever my heart is, that's what I'm going to be pursuing. And it's going to just sap the strength and love that I have for God. And I'm going to choose not to believe. And I want that. God's given us his word to build us up, to sanctify it. Jesus said in John chapter 17, sanctify them by your word. Your word is the truth. And, and, and so what is it? Well, here we have right here, what is our treasure? What is a treasure of man? What is my treasure? Well, he actually gives one example in verse 44. He says, how can you, how can you believe? In other words, you're, not, you're choosing not to believe when you receive honor from one another. And do not seek the honor that comes from God. So he's, he's, he's bringing up one example of treasure here and that's the praise of man. Oh how I've been in the bondage to the praise of man. I was planning out Every minute of my day, according to what that man thinks uh, may think of what I do, that woman may think, those people who I don't even know, hopefully they'll find out what I do, and, and they'll arrive at a certain conclusion about me. That person, this person, the praise of man. The Bible says that when Adam and Eve fell and sin came in, That perfect soul was defiled, part of that flesh, part of what the result was, part of who we are, coming out of our mother's womb. Man, we love the praise of man, and we will arrange every bit of our life around making sure that we get approval from man, that that we're exalted in the eyes of man, that people applaud us. Jesus is saying to them, you're choosing not to believe. Because you are preoccupied with the praise of man. You know, it's just great to get this stuff out and into the light so that we can have fellowship with God. That's why we're here this morning. Not to get a whip and self-flagellate. I'm going to whip myself. I'm so evil. This type of thing. No. John chapter 1 says, if we walk in the light, we can have fellowship with one another and fellowship with God. If we walk in the light, if we present our darkness to the light, praise the man. He gives one example. Let me give you another example. Anthony, can I use your, can I use that thing? A smartphone. So what else is going to drain me of my love for God? And when my love for God is drained, I choose not to believe in him. And so many things, so many times we get fooled by things that are not in of themselves bad. And so I'm doing business with God here and I don't want to lay a trip on anyone. Please don't let me do it. But what I have found is if I keep this thing by my side... And I'm looking at every Facebook post that comes up during the day. And I'm looking at every news report during the day. And and, and I'm looking at uh, (laughs) every YouTube video that someone sent to me because, oh, you just got to look at this, I promise. It's not like the other 10,000 ones I've sent to you. Really? (laughs) You got to look at this. And if I'm I, what I have found about myself, if I'm looking at that stuff all day, it just brings rot into my soul. And I'm not talking about messages that, from friends that I need to respond to or work people. I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm talking about things that in a limited quantity, they're good. They can be very good. And what I had to do for myself, and please, please don't run out of here saying you have to do the same thing, I just say to myself, I'm not looking at this thing other than you know business email, personal email. Better look at email from my wife and text. Ooh, and my kids. Even worse, my daughters. I don't want to get in all kinds of trouble. I don't look at Facebook posts. I don't look at CNN. I don't look at Fox News. I don't look. I don't look at that stuff until the evening, and I, I just I, I, I have found that my love of God grew when I put some reasonable boundaries around things that just sucked the life out of my soul, that weren't feeding feeding the Word of God, the goodness of God into my soul. And so I just plead with you, look, it's a smartphone. Thank you. It, this meant nothing that I borrowed it from you, I, I, I promise. <laughs> it can be TV. Please watch out for all that poison on TV. It can be, it, it can be uh, secular music in certain quantities, maybe fine. But man, if you're pumping that into your mind all day, I'm telling you right now. That's not a good thing. Pop music, I'm really referring to. It can sap away your love of God and, 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 and then you'll choose not to believe. You'll choose not to follow. Jesus says, you search the scriptures in them. You think you have eternal life and these that are they that testify me, but you're not willing to come to me to have life. How many counseling sessions that, that we're in? pastors of our church, Pastor Scott and Pastor Greg and me and the others and someone's coming and I just have no desire for God okay what are you doing in your free time in that free moment even, what are you doing the Bible says guard your heart for from it flow the issues of life guard your heart For from it flow the issues of life. Do business with God. I'm going to call the worship team up at this point. And the first song, I'd just like to... Okay, I get a couple songs. But the first one, I'd, I would just like all of you to, to seek the, the Lord. Lord, is there anything? Is there anything? Now, this I do know. Every single one of us in this room has a pocket in us that does not love God. It's in love with something else, madly in love with something else. It may be small, it may be great, but you know, I just don't want to come to church and have just a Bible study and just turn around, greet each other and go home. We're here to meet God. It's great meeting people. I love meeting people every Sunday. I love meeting new people. But let me tell you, I love meeting God so much more. Because he's the only one in the world who's going to be completely honest with you. The Lord will. And as you're praying, I want you to remember the grace of God. The grace of God. Who in John chapter four, we've already read, he met a woman, uh, had been with uh, five men. The one that she was currently with was not her husband she was broken she was at the bottom of, of society and man he just he just gave and he poured on the grace and changed her life it's the wonderful it's the wonderful good news is that we just bring the stuff to the lord he exposes in our heart we bring the stuff to the lord and it's as if in his own eyes the bible says it's as if it never even happened before There's so much grace. So powerful is the blood of Jesus. And that's why we talk about the cross here. That's why we have communion. He says, remember the cup, for it represents my blood, the blood of the covenant. That blood has washed away the sin. So the first song, I'd just like to, for everyone just to sit with you where you are. You want to kneel, you can kneel. Probably best thing to do is close your eyes anyway, I don't want to creep you out here, but sometimes I need to do that just because just looking around I'm thinking I anyone looking at me? Just close your eyes you't you won't see people looking at you and just talk to the Lord. talk to the Lord is what is that? What is that pocket in me that is sapping my love for you so that I'm choosing not to believe the way She was set out for me. Let's worship.